0: hello beautiful people welcome to episode 47 of the photo country podcast where we talk to inspirational photographers from around the world it is a great privilege that i have in talking to such a wide range of photographers from all age groups and all walks of life in this line of great image makers i present to you mr vivek He is a guru in every sense of the word in the hr and learning profession he's also a writer and poet in the marathi language my first introduction to Mr. Vivek Patwardhan was when my friend Kavi sent me his sound bites to edit. When I by chance saw his photography on Facebook, I was blown away. He uses his phone camera to shoot his images. You can see them in the background here. This is a great episode where I personally learned a lot. We discussed a range of issues from photography to the importance of having a hobby and also about pursuing a passion. This is an absolute gem of a conversation. With a true intellectual and is filled with great nuggets of wisdom. So, without further ado, let's get into the conversation. Thank you so much for accepting my invitation, Mr. Vivek Patwadan. It's an honor yeah. to talk to you, such a senior professional. And, um... Sorry,
1: no, stop there. Stop there. Okay.
0: okay? What's the... You remind me
1: of something which I must tell you. Okay. okay. So, I was with my wife and my wife's aunt. And my wife's aunt was an accomplished dancer, and she had her granddaughter, okay, in front of us. She was the granddaughter was hardly nine, ten year old girl, and wife's aunt told her granddaughter that why don't you perform a dance for our guests here? That is me and my wife, okay. So the little girl went inside to dress up properly for the dance she was going to perform, okay. In the meantime. My wife's aunt turned to me and said, see, I have learned one lesson. If you want to get the best performance of an artist, you must humor the artist first. That's what you are doing.
0: <laughs> so I am all ready now
1: with so many good things you said about me.
0: Yes, because I've been listening to your voice. I don't know if your has been sending s- lot of sound bites from you, and I've been oh. editing your sound bites for quite some time. So, I- <laughs> so I'm now stranger to your voice. Okay, okay. <laughs> so yeah, so I have have the privilege of listening to your um, uh, shall I call sermons? I don't know what okay. what, <laughs> <it>. <laughs> what is so call
1: it. Perhaps that's the right word.
0: <laughs> all right okay i've been fascinated with the f- photographs that you've been putting out on your blog on facebook because yeah. i never imagined you as somebody who will go around taking taking photographs because i always imagined you as a very serious like a hr learning professional very intell- yeah. intellectual you know very serious kind of a person i never imagined you as an artist yeah. Right. So it was really refreshing to see the other side of Mr. Vivek Parthasaradhan. So that's yeah. uh, that's what I want to explore today. Yeah. Right. So I would be really keen to to understand where this interest in art came. Did it come from your childhood? Uh, from growing up? or you know, where did it start?
1: The interest in my art really came right from my childhood. And now that you are forcing me to look back, okay, I will tell you something that in good old days, that is when I was in school, maybe in 6th or 7th standard and I was hardly 10 years old at the time, okay. There used to be a Times of India publication called Madhuri and Madhuri magazine was published in Hindi and it used to carry one page for the notation of a Bollywood song. Okay, the notation which musicians make, it was written there. Now the notation which English people make are different, and the notation which our Hindustani classical people write are different. They were using Hindustani classical form. At that juncture, my mother used to learn classical music, <laughs> and obviously she had her notebook, and there were notations. Okay, I learned to read the notation, and then I started but writing myself notations of Bollywood songs without looking at Madhuri. Okay. And they were fairly accurate. They were quite accurate. Okay. And people started appreciating for my such innovative work. And I believe that was the first time I realized I was doing something different. I also started fiddling and with music and my wife's teacher was a well-known music director in Marathi songs okay so I used to tamper with or I used to play with some swaras here and there and used to think uh, doesn't this sound better than what he has done okay now I'm not saying I was necessarily better all I'm saying is that I was fiddling with all this that's where it all started as far as I see but uh, right from childhood I was curious about everything so it's not that I had uh, what i would say i was a master of anything but i was certainly curious about everything okay but as you know, when you come to a corporate world you work 12 hours there and it saps your energy and there wasn't much to do anything creative but i remember sometime in 1986 or so i started writing poetry and i suddenly realized that there are two ways to write poetry. One is you write a poetry, okay, and set it to certain, uh, what I would say is tune, okay. The other is you select a tune and write poetry appropriate to the tune, okay, if it is a sad song or a happy song based on that. I realize that format, okay, attracted, just as format attracted me in Madhuri since this thing, I realized if you give me a format, I can do something about it. And uh, I gradually started realizing that one must focus on format. One means I should focus on format because I'm more creative having understood a format. So that kind of opened up many things. Then my good old friend Kavi came and I asked him, Kavi, do you write? poetry. So he said, no, I used to write, but now I write blogs. So I asked him, kis hai? Okay, I wasn't aware what blog is. <laughs> so Gavi joined us and then one day he walked to me and said, you have to start blogging. Okay. It was as if he had delivered a fiat to me. And he opened a blog for me and I started blogging in 2008. Now, initially, I wondered what to write, okay? But later on, I took to blog like a duck takes to water and I started enjoying. And eventually, I had five blogs, one of which was a photo blog, one of which was a blog on which we used to write limericks. Okay. Now, limericks typically have sexual overtones, but we never wrote anything like that. Our limericks were mischievous poems. So, point is, I enjoy you know, working on different formats okay, and experimenting with that. So, if you don't ask me if I am a master of anything, I am not a master of anything. But I do it for sheer pleasure. Than use. So, I had a photo blog right from earlier and I used to click photographs. But a, one critical moment made a huge difference. I had aim-and-shoot type of photograph and camera that was made back in 2002-2003 or so. And I went to West Indies, I went to Trinidad. I went and met a lady who was 103 years old. She had traveled as a three-year-old girl along with her parents who were indentured laborers. They migrated from India to Trinidad under British rule. And now she was 100 years having spent there. She had seen life entering Trinidad, that. And it was wonderful. I mean, they had lived a life. None of us had imagined what it would be to be an indentured labourer. Okay, and now she was well settled. Her children were well settled. She had a nice home. So I went, met her, talked to her at length and I clipped my photograph with her. And on my way back, I put my camera in my bag, which got stolen. Ooh. I felt extremely bad. I felt extremely bad. And I said, I will not allow this to happen ever. Because it was a prized moment for me, which was captured on my camera. Okay? It was not a video. There were f- set of photographs with her. And I felt very bad. Since then, I also heard another oh. statement by some renowned photographer. I don't know. Who he is. I don't remember. But he said that if you are not carrying your camera all the time, then you are making a big mistake. So carrying camera all the time has become possible because of mobiles. So that's how the things are. I don't have a DSLR or a regular camera at all. I have only mobile. Two mobiles I have. About
0: nice. Very nice. That's my introduction yeah. to photography. I actually teach mobile photography in some of the schools here, and I feel like uh, nine out of ten times that's the only camera many of many people have. You know, and not not many people actually you know invest thousands of dollars in a DSLR or a mirrorless because it's an expensive hobby. Yeah, very once expensive. You, once you get into it, no going back. Yes. Sometimes you work, work, you work just to feed your hobby.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You are so right. I actually go to Thane City sometimes just clicking photographs. Now, I might take about 50 photographs.
0: 48 of them are waste. But two make a huge difference. Uh, The photographs that you click, there's a very slice of life quality to them. Um, You know, it's like a moment in time that's frozen because of the creative decision that you made to click the shutter especially the black and white pictures the travel pictures that you've taken on the beach etc yeah. those are the favorite images from your street photography that you've done what you know, what are the images that you like to take how do you make that decision frankly that decision is made instantaneously
1: I don't go with any agenda of shooting A thing or B thing but my camera is always in my hand and. When I sense something is coming up or happening, I just take three, four photographs. OK? Over a period of time, I've learned to sense that the, that moment is coming, right. and I just keep my camera ready. If I can't explain anything better than that, that's what it is. OK? It yes. is easy to take pictures of landscapes and all. Everything waits for you, but an interesting moment doesn't wait for you.
0: It just goes away in a flash. So do you like taking street photo- street of photographs or landscape, which is your preferred? I like any photography, but
1: between the two, if you want me to make a choice, it is always street photography. Why
0: because is that? Because something
1: is happening there. Something is happening there. Actually, what happened is I was reading about street photography, but I had not dabbled in it. Okay, For the fear that I might offend somebody or there was always a fear in mind. One day I was standing in a traffic island at Wimbledon so there were three roads going and it was a kind of triangle of a traffic island and I was standing there and I thought why not take a picture okay I mean it will be interesting cars going here I wanted to take a picture of cars because evening was setting in and at evening you have white lights going one way and red lights going one way now because of the car Head and tail lights. Okay, So I thought I will capture that. It was around the Christmas time. The dark fell quite early. And suddenly a lady with a lot of bags ran into my frame. Practically she ran into my frame. And I went on clicking. Okay. That was my first date photograph. I didn't awesome. intend to take. But she kind of happened. Okay. She just ran into my frame. And I happily clicked that photograph she wasn't aware okay. now i got emboldened by that okay and of course at home everybody warned i understood that i can do it now okay so that's how i started basing on that if you are just if you are just alert in the street lot of things can happen a lot of things some things mm-hmm. are happening but you require an eye to notice it. For example, I was uh, at a cricket stadium at uh, Vauxhall. It's the Oval, where mm-hmm. matches are played in London. Okay. Now people there drink barrels of beer, and obviously they have to use toilet. Okay. Now I also wanted to use toilet, so I was going towards it. I saw a big queue, and in the queue, one fellow was holding a glass of beer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I promptly clicked. I promptly clicked that. Okay. There were better street photographs, also, but sometimes these contrast or these funny moments. Okay. I've begun noticing, and that's
0: how I go on clicking. But have you noticed that the the once you start actually uh, seeing frames, you don't need a camera for that. Constantly see. Your eyes are hunting. Actually. You know, the Yeah, you just and, appear, yeah. the compositions that appear in front of you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. What so, um, over a long career, you have writing poetry, making images, um, yeah. coaching people. How is it all coming together for you? Uh, these things, does it flow between or are these sort of uh, watertight compartments? Oh, that's
1: a very interesting question. I don't write poetry any longer. I do blogging and I write in Marathi as well. Okay, my Marathi book was published recently in the month of May. But you take writing, you take coaching, you take even poetry or take photography. And I do also sketching. All these are superficial activities in the sense these are visible to the world. These are visible to me. They are visible to you. What is clear to me, but not visible to you, is my trying to do something different, do something creative and do something better than previous one. Okay. And in the process, I discover my inadequacies as well as my strengths. I typically, I believe I'm a bit hard on myself. Don't focus much on my strengths, but my inadequacies keep on coming up. So you realize what you can do, you can't do. Okay, You talked about coaching. I have practically given up coaching. And the reason is this, that I have a high, highly critical parent inside my mind. Okay. So when the coach is sitting there, sometimes I tend to evaluate that man. Why you are not doing this? Bloody eh, fellow, understand. Okay. <laughs> now, it doesn't help you to be a good coach if You are evaluative. You need to evaluate, okay, you need to evaluate like anything in a balance or anything clinically gets evaluated, okay, like an R&D scientist, but you can't be evaluative. Being evaluative is a, it has a pejorative value and it only creates negative emotions inside my heart and inside the heart of that other also. I found it difficult to overcome the critical parent inside me. So over a period of time, I stopped. There are people who say that I have been mentoring them, etc. But these are the people with whom I click well. So there is a certain wavelength that matches. And then we can talk hours in which they also enlighten me on something. My talks also are useful to them. So you might say these are mentoring Conversation, but I've ceased to be a professional coach. I no longer right. tell
0: somebody that I'm going to coach. Well, why why I'm asking is that I know a photographer who uses photography as therapy.
1: Yeah, yeah, they have art therapy. Recently, only I learned that. You no, know, even art is used to coach people. So the moment right. you start coaching, now I have been doing those uh, Inktober's, right? And in Mm -hmm. my recent blog, I have said that I want to finish the sketch in a hurry. You know, that corporate habit of jaldi karo, khatam karo. okay? But that doesn't work in art. Art needs to be done slowly to perfection. There are so many finer points that you need to catch. You need to also understand when to stop. When to stop is a big decision in art. Whereas corporate world tells you, go on, on, on. So when you spend some 35, 37 years in corporate world, you, know, you have to do a lot of unlearning.
0: One of the articles that I wrote on LinkedIn was, everybody needs to have a hobby. Yeah. You are a people management person. Um, you talk about long working hours in especially a, a city like Mumbai, where commute itself takes a lot of time. Yes, yes. Um, so there's a lot of stress uh, that, you know, just stepping out of your house, It costs you. What is your take on a serious hobby when you are a working professional?
1: Yeah, I think there are two types of hobbies. Some are active, some are passive. So reading, I believe, is a passive hobby. Watching films is a passive hobby. But writing is an active hobby. Sketching is an active hobby. I am dabbling with urban sketching, which is even more active. Okay, my understanding is that both are important and you can make your choice. But it is important, absolutely important to have an active hobby. Either you are sketching, writing poetry, writing articles, blogging, photography. Okay, these are important because uh, at least in my case, they tend to show you where you are, what you are attempting to do and how far from perfection you are. And it's a constant reminder that you have to go a long way. Okay, don't say you have arrived on the scene. You have to go a long way. That's the constant reminder. And that is why I always feel you know, there was a quiz in my younger days. The quiz was simple that there is a circle with the radius of 100 feet. And there is a mechanical frog kept at the center. And it is programmed to jump half of the distance from the periphery. In how many jumps it will cross? The answer is half of the distance will always remain. Therefore, it will never cross. Correct. Right. Okay. So the first time it will jump 50 feet, then it will jump 25, then 12 and a half, then six and quarter. But six and quarter will remain. Na? So I feel that pursuing active hobbies like photography, sketching, everything is like being that mechanical frog. I jump half the distance, but half remains. <laughs> And I become acutely aware that half remains.
0: The other thing is, uh, always talk about photography as a passion. But I I am very skeptical of the word passion. Simply because, one, it's misused. uh, Two, it's abused. And I feel, I think more than passion, you need to be good at something and then become a passion.
1: Look, it has become fad to talk about
0: passion. Okay. And today,
1: photography is in the... News, I mean, everybody wants to say photography is my fashion. Tomorrow writing haikus, no, if that wasn't, writing haikus is my passion. Okay? I don't think people use the word seriously, So we should not take it very seriously I. But I feel that there are indications that come whether something is your passion or not. And you can test it on it. Okay. One is Are you learning it quickly? So I start photographing. Am I quick enough to upgrade myself, my art to a higher level? Am I learning it quickly or not? Now, if you are a teacher, your father was a teacher. Okay, He will tell you that some people, some boys and girls would learn poetry very quickly and can understand the meaning very quickly than others. Then they have a passion for it. The second part is, is there a spontaneity in it? So when you have spontaneity, that is one indication that you have the passion for it. So the spontaneity comes because you can very quickly write eight-line poetry, okay? Maybe birthday song of somebody, but you can quickly write. Yes. I will tell you something. Friend of mine, one day was hitting his head. We were in a training program. And during lunchtime, he was hitting his head. Bola, Tere ko kya ho gaya? Pagal ho gaya. He said, Boss, today is the birthday of my wife, and I have forgotten to wish her. Now, in the evening, when I go home, okay, I don't know what will happen, okay, because she must be, she has not called, so she is furious already. So he was afraid even to call her, okay. So I said, Take her out for a dinner or something. He said, Look, these are time-tested remedies. They don't work always. Okay. If she is angry, she will be angry. Okay. So somebody was standing by, said, then write a nice song for her. So he said, I can't write. I said, I will write. Okay. And I wrote a song. <laughs> I wrote a song in a matter of 10 minutes and gave it to her and said, you sign under the song and give it to her. Okay. So it said the nice things about her, and last stanza was saying apology, but be happy and smile again. Okay, that kind of a thing. So he smiled and then again started hitting his head again. Bula, Tera kya ho gaya abhi? He said she understands that I won't be able to write this. <laughs> <laughs> so I must have outsourced this. That, that also she will understand. <laughs> but the point I'm making is that's Writing something quickly, a quick response is a sign that you have talent for it. That can be your passion. Okay. If you develop that, passion also needs to be developed. Okay. So that can be spontaneity. Lastly, something immensely satisfying is an indication that it can be your passion. Now, people have to test it on these three, four parameters, whether it is really. Now, you tell me one thing. Sachit Tendulkar has scored countless runs. He has scored more than 100 centuries. Okay, in, at the international level, at the national level, another several. How does he keep his interest in cricket? His network today is unimaginably high. I mean, he has got everything. Yet, he is willing to play cricket. Why? Because it gives him satisfaction. That is his passion. He is not doing it for money. Right. Money is not on his mind at all. Because it gives him satisfaction, he does it. And that is why even uh, people like your Hussein and others kept painting because it gave him satisfaction. Money had come to him already. Right. So these are some of the tests on which people have to think whether they have passion or not. But the word is used more colloquially and lighthearted way. It's okay.
0: It's quite interesting because people stumble into professions unintentionally, you know, they become good at it and then they become successful, even though it was not their intention at all to get into podcasting. Because for example, podcasting, I I never intended to get into podcasting, but suddenly it's become just interacting, talking with people and um, telling their stories gives me so much joy. Yeah. Um, so the other interesting thing is do you need passion to be successful or is it a byproduct of you getting better at something
1: I believe it needs passion but what is your passion itself is a discovery process and it is like finding one piece of diamond among many stones so you have to do diamond prospecting to say that I have only one passion is also not right I enjoy photography, I enjoy music, I enjoy blogging. I have passion for blogging and photography. So to think mechanically that I have passion only for this is not right. Just as you discovered that you have passion for podcasting. Okay, Podcasting was absent 10 years ago, but it has arrived. And it's a combination of many things, technology and whole lot of things. And you have a talent for it. So that is important. That is important. So what happens is, I mean, a talent is described as naturally recurring patterns of thought or behavior. So this is what you will see in Sachin Tendulkar. This is what you will see in yourself. This is what you will see in Hussain or anybody who has passion for anything. That they create anything out of something and because their mind is programmed like this. So those thought processes are important. Coming back to your photography, are, were there any inspirations? I have been photo- taking photographs since 2002 or three when that camera got stolen. Since then, I have been taking photographs. And as Henry Benson or somebody has said, you know, unless you waste 10,000 photographs, you don't actually <laughs> click yeah. a good one. I thought he had me in mind. The point is I never even looked at photography of accomplished photographers, never. We knew it or not. I am not trying to say it was inborn or something. The only time I suddenly looked at good photographs when somebody presented me a coffee table book and the coffee table book was one of National Geography and the other one was of Kingston. Kingston as in Kingston is the capital of Jamaica. So it was covering Kingston as the capital of Jamaica and a lot of photographs. These two things captured my imagination. When I was a student, I had subscribed rather, my father had subscribed to Life magazine. And Life magazine, as you would know, carried world's best photographs. I remember one photograph where, you know, two monkeys are frozen with fear. And a leopard is now about to attack them and eat away. Okay. At that juncture, photograph was taken. And I kept on looking at that photograph. I said, this is it. I mean, there cannot be anything to that. So these were my three sources of inspiration. I did not even, I was not even aware of Henry Cartier-Bresson. I was not even aware. Yeah. Then uh, when Netflix happened. I started searching for docu-series on photography. That was in last year or year and a half ago. That's
0: where I learned of Henry cartier He He's uh, the one who's famous for inventing this term, actually. The decisive moment, which yeah. you talked about earlier, the decisive yeah. moment. He's the guy who who invented that. So yeah. I think capturing that decisive moment is the the entire magic and then-
1: I was watching a video recently. They said the photographs, good photographs can be divided into four slots. One which are aesthetically beautiful. So you frame a photograph quite well. Okay. And it's a good photograph. Then there is interesting moment. So it could be two little girls walking to the school or something. An interesting moment, you capture them. Okay? It could be an interesting moment. Then it could be interesting subject. And the last is alchemy. You can't explain why that photograph hits your heart. There is something in that photograph, either the subject or what it is trying to convey. You can't even decipher what it, But it, it simply appeals to you. So alchemy. So they say that your photographs fall into four categories i thought that monkey and leopard one was in alchemy even the onlooker gets
0: frightened well so much fun uh, chatting with you sir finally like i want to put things in perspective in the sense that having worked in the corporate world um, you yeah. know in people management and learning and development where do you see the power of imagery there uh, do you see a? do you see imagery playing a role in in that field
1: I feel imagery has a big role to play. But the problem is corporate world is all about two left brains. Imagery comes in the right. And in my recent blog, I have talked about it. So, in October, they gave a topic, fortune. Okay. What do you draw? A stack of coins or a vad of notes. Okay. But somebody said a crystal ball in which you can see your fortune. Okay. Or a pair of dice. Now, a pair of dice robbed the Padavas of their fortune, right? <laughs> yes. So, there is a symbolism. So imagery is important, but symbolism is a higher level. And unless we start understanding imagery and symbolism, which is the heart and soul of any art, now what does happen in poetry? It is all about imagery and symbolism. Poetry is full of it. Photography is full of it, if you read that alchemy kind of a thing. So the point I am making is, resources are available. It is for the corporate world to use them. Unfortunately, they are not using it because they have two left brains. I also found it difficult to use imagery. You know, I have described that in my blog. How somebody thought of a crystal ball and pair of dice, I, it doesn't come to me. But I believe with some practice it will come. I have to train my brain
0: for and learn something from corporate world. Thank you so much for your time, sir. It was fascinating chatting with you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Patwathan, for coming on this podcast. It was an amazing conversation. I hope you all enjoyed this episode as much as I did bringing it to you. In the next episode, we meet devon Pon, a wildlife photographer who left a very successful corporate career to pursue his passion. But before we close this episode, a big thank you to everyone who stuck around till the end of this episode. I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you. And I hope to see you in the next episode. This is Rajiv signing off.